0: Hi, friends. This is W speaking to you from the future. I wanted to add a brief disclaimer to older episodes. So here is the disclaimer. My spirituality has matured and grown over the course of this podcast, and it will continue to grow and mature. Therefore, there may be some rituals, concepts, or topics that I discuss in these early episodes that I might not personally follow or endorse any longer. If you do want a glimpse at what I personally believe now and what I learned in this first year of podcasting, check out a series of episodes called Reflections that came out at the end of 2022. However, despite my uneasiness about some of my past content, I've decided to still keep all of my old episodes up because while they may not mesh with my current point of view any longer, from an educational standpoint, I think these topics are still interesting, even if it's just for entertainment or for general knowledge. No matter if they mesh with my own POV now, these are concepts and things that exist. So I still think from an entertainment and an educational standpoint, they're fun, interesting concepts, as long as we approach them with discernment. Regardless, I hope you do enjoy this episode, and I invite you to listen to my reflection series to see where this path ultimately led me. God bless you. Welcome to St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, W. Today, we will be talking about psalm magic or more particularly we will be talking about protection psalms. We're going to start today's episode with a recitation of Psalm 91, one of my favorite psalms, and then we are going to get into a wide array of different psalms in magic and how you can use them in your practice. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Surely He will deliver thee from the snares of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shall I trust for His truth are thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at that right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest they dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall trample under feet because he has set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hey everyone, welcome to St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, W. Before we begin, I wanted to thank everyone sincerely for all of the support and the listens to the last episode covering St. Benedict. I was not expecting so many listens and so much support right away, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Today's episode will be covering psalms, more specifically, protection psalms. Um, That's going to be the cadence for this podcast. One week we are going to be doing a saint, just like you heard with Benedict, we're going to open up with a story from their life and then talk about the spells, the rituals, the conjure work that you can achieve and work with alongside that saint. In the following week, we will be doing something else. Um, A lot of it will be Psalms, because that is a a big piece of my practice, Uh, but we will do more than that too. We will do certain tools that can be used in your work. Maybe that's blessed salt or scissors or um, some kind of oil. Uh, We might do deliverance prayers, we might do home protection, Uh, but for the most part the cadence is going to be a saint and then a psalm. So last week was Saint Benedict of Nursia and then this week we are going to dive into protection psalms. so yeah, let's let's jump in. Now, I also want to get even more specific. This is going to be general protection psalms. I am very excited because soon we will do imprecatory psalms, which are also known as cursing psalms or justice psalms. And those are psalms to protect you against enemies. Those are some of my favorite. They're some of the most powerful. So um, those will be coming. Um, but we're going to do an entire episode on that. So this is more general protection, uh, protecting your home, protecting yourself, protecting your energy. And another positive about starting with general protection psalms is this episode can also serve as an introduction to psalm work. So I'm going to spend the next few minutes giving a very high level overview of psalm magic and then we're going to get into the protective psalms themselves. Um, So the first question is, what are the psalms? Now the psalms predate Christianity. Um, They are found in the Old Testament. They are found in Judaism. They are found in a lot of mystical Jewish and mystical Christian um, religions and beliefs. So they are actually songs that are meant to be sung to praise, to worship, and to connect with God. Uh, but they're also very insightful to what the author is feeling. There's a lot of psalms about feeling frustrated, about feeling lonely, about feeling vengeful. Um, then there are psalms that are about feeling thankful, feeling joyful. Um, so reciting them can really invoke emotion. Um, and it's it's something that you don't see in a lot of other standard prayers because they're very authentic. Um, They really pack a punch. I mean, even if you read some of the psalms as a poem rather than a prayer, um, they're a story and they can be really powerful. And since you see many of the psalms being directed towards help or towards a higher power asking them for something, you can see why they're used in not only a religious context, but in a general spiritual context or a folk magic context. So the next question is going to be, how did this these psalms, these prayers that are found in the Old Testament, that are found in Jewish texts, how did they become used by folk practitioners, by hoodoo practitioners, and more? And before I get into that, I want to read some psalms, excerpts from one, and I'll be skipping around because I think just hearing the flavor of these psalms will give you an idea of their power and why people are drawn to them. So I'm going to start with those cursing psalms without justice psalms uh, let's we'll start with psalm 94. O lord god to whom vengeance belongeth O god to whom vengeance belongeth show thyself lift up thyself thou judge of the earth and render reward to the proud lord how long shall the wicked how long shall the wicked triumph how long shall they utter and speak hard things and all the workers of inequity boast themselves they break in pieces thy people o lord and afflict thine heritage they slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, The Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand he brutish among the people and ye fools, when will he be wise? They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense and my God, is the rock of my refuge, and he shall bring upon their own inequity and cut them off into their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. And here are a few excerpts of 109, which is very intense. Hold not thy peace, O God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful ones are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with words of hatred, and fought against me without a cause. For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good, and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayers become sin. Let his day be few and let another take his office. Let his children become fatherless and may his wife become a widow. Let the children be continually vagabonds and make them beg. Let them seek their bread out in the most desolate of places. So, as you can tell, these are very intense prayers. You can envision someone, someone who is fed up, someone who is frustrated, just asking a higher power, asking God asking spirit asking the universe to help me come to my aid and again those two were justice based those two were someone is harming you someone is oppressing you um but there's many more we'll go over today it's that same yearning that same calling that same protect me that same help me come be in my aid so you see that a lot in psalm work and I think that in of itself, the way they are written, the poetic nature, the dramatic nature, are why people are drawn to Psalms. So how did Psalms become used and traditionally practiced by folk magic practitioners? So let's start with Catholic or Christian folk magic traditions. I'm sure you can also include Jewish traditions in here as well. It's not uncommon for Catholics or Christians to pray a psalm. That's it. Psalm 23 might be prayed for protection. Psalm 91 might be prayed uh, for protection by someone that is Christian or Jewish, um, anyone that follows an Abrahamic philosophy. Now, here's the difference. They might just pray it. They might not write a specific psalm and then place it under a green candle and then hold that piece of paper in their wallet to bring down financial success, Um, but they do pray these psalms for success, for luck, for grace, for healing, for protection. And we've also talked about how people didn't call it folk magic back in the day. The grandmother that was praying um, and healing or doing a healing limpia, a healing ritual, over their grandchild did not consider that magic. The Italian grandmother who was doing a ceremony to remove the evil eye. They did not consider that magic. In fact, most of the time they were praying to God, To God, they were praying to Mary, they were praying to a saint. However, as we've evolved, we put that into this category of folklore, folk magic, um, under that umbrella. So like I said before, a lot of these things started in the church, um, psalms, and then they began being applied to certain situations. So if a psalm talked about healing, And someone wanted to pray over you, they might repeat that psalm. It's really that simple. However, the majority of people, when they think of psalm magic, they are going to think of hoodoo. And the relationship between hoodoo and the psalms started because the Bible was one of the only prayer books available to people who were enslaved. Um, They did not have access to their home religions, but they had access to the Book of Psalms in the Bible. So you start seeing Psalms being chanted, being prayed by slaves to try to protect them from their oppressor. Um, This was also a way for them to pray for protection in a very subtle and disguised way. Uh, They might think that, oh, they're just praying. But really, they're play, praying Psalm 109, Psalm 91, Psalm 23, to try and cast ill against those who are oppressing them. And you see that um, incognito way of praying in Hudu a lot. That's also why you have some saints that aren't really the saints that they are depicting. So there it might be a prayer to saint peter but in reality saint peter is a stand-in for a legba and or or some other deity african deity or spirit and that is because they could not pray to their own spirits but they could pray to saint peter but you know really they were praying to their own deity just in disguise essentially um so back to psalm magic uh psalms were also something that families had access to, so over the years traditions were formed. Now, you're going to hear people say psalms are four different things, and that is because families, geography, tradition, background all plays a part here. So someone might say that Psalm 119 attracts money, but someone else might use Psalm 119 for legal problems. Um, Or Psalm 4 could alleviate insomnia, but some people might use Psalm 4 to cure headaches. It's all going to depend on the family, on the culture, and the interpretation as well. Um, You also see psalm work being used in Appalachian folk magic, and that is because there is a heavy tie-in between Hoodoo practitioners and Appalachian folk practitioners. And since we discussed hoodoo, we have to talk about the obligatory question that people are going to ask, and I've already seen some, unfortunately, I've already seen some commentary about it online. Are psalms a closed practice? And the answer is no. And let's break it down. From a Christian or Abrahamic structure, because again, psalms are not just a Christian thing. Um, no. Uh, And frankly, you are not going to see a lot of things closed within Christianity. Um, One could argue maybe certain Catholic sacraments are, but at the end of the day, psalms are prayers to a higher power. Um, Also, this higher power is not selective. This is a higher power who by default says that he is the God of all people. So it's not like a a deity only for a certain culture. Uh, But psalms are prayers to a higher power asking for intercession and Talking to a higher power is never going to be closed, again, unless it's a very specific deity. But praying to God, the Abrahamic God, is not going to be a closed practice. Now, what about under the hoodoo umbrella? I understand the concern here. I am not a hoodoo practitioner, though I live in the heart of hoodoo country, so I have a lot of friends, I have done a lot of research, I've had a lot of conversations about hoodoo, and I get it. I get why people ask this question, because hoodoo is a very restrictive practice, and that is because a lot of the ancestor work uh, involves invoking enslaved ancestors or African ancestors so if your ancestors don't fall into that category it might be difficult. Now does that mean that ancestor work is closed? No. But using it the way hoodoo practitioners do can be very restrictive. Same with some of the saint work. Is working with saints closed? No. But if you are praying to a saint but really praying to that saint to connect with an African deity who is disguised as the saint then yes that's going to be restrictive. Uh, But Psalms, on the other hand, are available to everyone and they can be personalized to your needs or your practice. And I think that really differentiates it from any tradition because you can make these your own. So for instance, and I'm totally making this up, let's say you are reading a Psalm and the Psalm says, and spread your wings and fly. And that resonates with you. So before your next trip, where you're flying on a plane, you might write this on a piece of paper, psalm on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket for protection. So psalms are something much like saint work that can be used and molded for your own practice and your own tradition and your own thought process. And that alone, not only negates any concerns for appropriation or closed, uh, but it also makes this a very personal practice. And again, psalms are open to everyone. Alright, so the next question folks are going to ask is going to be, what are the basics of working with a psalm? What do I need to work with a psalm? How can I work with a psalm? And all of our psalm series are going to get into the nitty-gritty of that. But I do want to say, and this is probably not the witchy thing you wanted to hear, but psalms are spells and of themselves they are verbal charms so the majority of the time simply writing or reciting the psalm is going to give you the result that you need Um, again these are protection psalms so most of the time writing them or praying the psalms over something is going to be what you need to do but as we get into justice or cursing psalms you might pray the psalm over dirt and then put the dirt in the pathway of an enemy, foot magic essentially. When we get into abundance or financial psalms, you might um, pray the psalm or write a psalm on a dollar bill and then put that money in your bank account. Um, So there's a lot of more witchy things that we're going to get into but the majority of psalms can be written, can be spoken, and that is all you need. And you heard me recite a few psalms already on this podcast so far. So you can kind of tell the power and the energy that they have. So again, um, when I get into the certain psalms and how to work with them, a lot of it's going to simply be recite it, say it, write it down. Um, But that in of itself leads to a lot of creativity that you can have and carve it into a candle. You can um, put it on the back of a picture of someone if you want to protect them. So the simplicity here also allows you to really own this and really make the psalms your own. I will also be going back and forth to different psalms. So before I go through all the psalms, I wanted to quickly just let you know these are the psalms I will be talking about. Um, I don't want you to like have to pause and like write a psalm down or anything like that. So the protection psalms we are talking about today are Psalm 91, Psalm 23, Psalm 24, Psalm 18, Psalm 61, and Psalm 110. And also, I will have to say that the majority of the spell work is going to be found in 91 and 23, which will be the first two we cover. Alright, so let's kick it off with Psalm 91. I'm not going to repeat Psalm 91 because that was the psalm that was included in the intro of this episode. But Psalm 91 is one of the most notable psalms for protection. It is one of my favorite psalms. I just think it has a powerful punch to it. But also the history of it is really interesting to me. so Psalm 91 is a prophetic psalm. Uh, psalms were part of, like I said, pre-Christianity, Old Testament, Judaism, and even other mystical sects of Judaism. So it was before Jesus was born. Um, and there's this line, and back before, when, when the Psalms were out and popular and all the rage, um, Psalm 91 was even then used to protect people, whether that was yourself or others, from demonic forces. And there's this line, for he gives his angels charge over thee. They shall lift you up in their hands so you won't strike your foot against a stone. So fast forward, when Satan tempted Jesus in the garden, Satan brought Jesus up to the top of the temple and he tempted Jesus to jump off. And he told Jesus, if you really are the son of God, then throw yourself down there. Don't you know what's written? He gives his angels charge over you. You won't even strike your foot against a stone. And like, it's just such a badass moment. And I'm not a huge like biblical scholar or even Bible reader, but that's just a very cool like villainous line from Satan. And it shows their tradition of Psalm 91 being used against demonic forces. Even then, you know, um, Satan's trying to say, Oh, you can't use 91 against me. I'm going to go ahead and repeat it to you. Um, However, Jesus did not get tempted by the devil. And that's also kind of seen as a reclamation of 91. Now let's talk about protection against demonic forces. I mentioned this in episode one on Benedict because Benedict is also a patron saint against demonic forces. Um, For me personally, when I hear demonic forces, I think negative forces, negative energy. Yes, it could be a genuine true demonic force. Um, It could be someone genuinely throwing a hex your way, or a curse your way, or a subconscious evil eye your way. But sometimes it's also just bad vibes. It could be being around someone who is negative and not having the shielding uh, to protect you so it weighs down your spirit. Um, Or just any kind of negative thinking that might cause you to go in a cycle. So that too. Is what I hear, or what I feel, or what I think of when I when I when I read demonic force, um, and that also makes it more palatable, and it makes it more realistic for our practices. So it's not always a demon hanging out with you, terrorizing you. Sometimes you just went into a very long meeting, and your coworkers were in a bad mood, and you left the meeting too, and then now you're feeling pretty down in the dumps as well. So it's also things like that it's creating a bubble around you. And Psalm 91 is one that can create a protective bubble. You hear about people casting a circle before they do spell work to protect them from any negative entity energy coming their way. Um, Psalm 91 can be prayed as a circle casting ritual. So Psalm 91 will also create that bubble, it will create that shield. You actually see that in Italian folk magic. Before the old Italian grandmother does the evil eye removal spell, she prays to Saint Michael um, to have his shield above me, shield below me, shield to the right and to the left of me. Also a lot of them will include mentions of Psalm 91 and it's the same thing. They don't think they're casting a circle but they are using a protective prayer in the form of a St. Michael prayer, or some of them will just say Psalm 91. And going back to St. Michael for a minute, this prayer is also attributed to a lot of St. Michael work. If someone is doing a novena to St. Michael, sometimes you'll see it recommended to say this prayer. And that is because of the lines about covering me in his feathers and in his wings shall I trust, having his angels give charge over thee. And that all beckons back to angelic protection. And as Michael is the protector of all humans, uh, a lot of people use this when they honor Saint Michael. Um, It was his feast day in September and I personally did a novena just to feel his energy, to invite him, to honor him. I've never personally worked with him before, so this was a a moment for me. And I also um, recited Psalm 91 at the end of the novenas, and it was just a a really nice nightly ritual. So again, this is one that is very much a verbal charm, a pre-written spell. The go-to, I would say, is creating a circle. Um, before you're doing any kind of prayer, any kind of spell work, any kind of ritual. Um, recite Psalm 91, maybe while you sprinkle holy water. Um, that's my favorite use of this. <clears throat> but again, the psalm is a prayer, a spell in of itself. So you might write it on a piece of paper and keep it in your car as protection. Um, I've seen this psalm prayed over over Florida water or even cleaning products. Um, to remove any negative energy in the home, as well as protect the home. Also, if you do any type of healing work, you might pray this psalm over over someone to protect them from the negative energies that are causing them any kind of pain spiritually. Um, Or you might pray this yourself, um, to not kind of absorb the negative energy if you're working on healing someone else. Um, and this is also one that i just attempt to learn from memory it's a really powerful one to repeat at your altar um, or even just while you're making coffee Uh, it's just really energizing Um, you kind of get that that preacher um, energy when you say it so one number one i I would say use this to cast a circle for protection uh, but also use it however you feel you need to write it down Pray over something, pray over your doorway, maybe a storm's coming. Um, this is a kind of a great multi-purpose psalm. The next psalm we will be discussing is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lay down in green pastures, he leadeth me by still waters, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for he is with me. His rod and his staff they comfort me. He prepareth a table in the presence of my enemies. He anointeth my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me for the rest of my days, and I will abide forever in the house of the Lord. Amen. One of the most popular Psalms one of the most beloved psalms, one of the most energizing psalms. When you say it, you just feel like a Southern preacher and the imagery is just really great. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Now, some, like I said earlier, psalms will have different meanings based on the family, based on the culture, based on the practice, based on the tradition, based on the interpretation. And it's funny because I have three main books I reference for psalm work and only one of them considers this a protection psalm, which I think is interesting. Uh, the others attribute this more to uh, easing anxiety, easing loneliness, easing a racing or scared mind. And I get it, I guess that is kind of protection. It's protection against uh, the mind, against spiraling. Um, but come on, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I fear no evil. I mean, that is very much protective to me. Um, I also like this because to me, it is a very good protective psalm in the vein of ninety one, but one, it is shorter. So it's easy to memorize. I personally memorize this so I could repeat it when I work with certain saints. Um, but also there's a difference in the two psalms, right? psalm ninety one is, I am protected by God. i am I am in his wings. Um, he will lift me up, he is my refuge, he is my fortress. This though is more confident. This one is more he's not talking about having an angel covering him up. The author, the speaker, when you read it, you are pretty much saying, I know this. I know I'm protected. I've been protected because he walks with me. He walks alongside me. And I think the concept of walking, alongside you is very powerful. You'll hear a lot of hoodoo workers, root workers, but you'll hear a lot of people, especially those who work with ancestors, so Mexican, Italian, folk magic too. You'll hear a lot about somebody walking with them. The saints, the the spirits, the ancestors walking alongside them. You never know who is walking with someone, and that is just such a powerful concept to me. And you, you hear that here too. You hear, for he is with me or he walks with me. And I think that's powerful. So this is a short, powerful prayer. It has protection, but it also has a little confidence there, uh, which I think is is really good. It's really fun. It's really uplifting. And to many, they consider Psalm 23 kind of an all-purpose psalm. Um, I do want to share a quick story, and I'm going to make it quick. I've actually recorded this episode twice, guys. My first episode was way too long. So this is my second try trying to make it a little more succinct. Um, But I've used Psalm 23 in a lot of ways, but most notably and most recently I used it as a hurricane was approaching my town. I live in Hurricane Central USA and we had a hurricane come very fast. We found out about it on a Friday and then um, it was going to hit on a Sunday. And then so we had less than 24 hours to evacuate. And then by the time many people were ready to evacuate, um, the interstate was gridlocked. So everyone, the, the state leader said, "Never mind, just stay there." So, um, of course, I did all the hurricane prep. It's not my first hurricane rodeo. But um, so the flood barriers, the you know protecting the windows, all that good stuff. Uh, but I wanted to do something spiritual. I was actually in the middle of a novena when this happened, so I was already had all my tools out. So what I did was I wanted to incorporate Psalm 23. I memorized it, I've been praying it in the mornings, I've been praying it for other protection work. So I wanted to incorporate this into a ritual. So what I did was actually a bottle spell or a jar spell, and I am not a, uh, a jar or spell type person. Um, however, I did go that route with this one, and that was because I wanted something to bury in the yard protection against the hurricane so what i did was i wrote psalm 23 out on a very small piece of paper i wrote it out in red ink because red is protective and i made a little scroll and then i wrapped that little scroll in red thread and then i put that scroll that has psalm 23 on it in a old chianti wine bottle and um, I think I also blessed the the bottle with holy water. I think I sprinkled some general herbs, protective herbs, um, hyssop, rue, um, and bay leaf red pepper flakes. Uh, Just your basic um, protective herbs. Sprinkled maybe some of that in the bottle, sprayed over it. Then I took a red candle and I carved the words psalm 23 not not every single verse just the word psalm 23 and protect our home and then i placed that in the bottle and i put that on a white plate and on the white plate i put prayer cards to saint michael the virgin mary saint benedict and another one to saint michael because those were the most protective saints I had on hand. Hey, I used two of Michael. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to make a cross. Um, So the bottle was sitting there and then underneath the bottle on the right, left, on top and on bottom, sticking out were all all the saint prayer cards. And I'm gonna post a picture of this on Instagram. I placed it outside my front door and I lit it. I lit the candle and let the wax melt and seal the bottle. And while it burned, I prayed Psalm 23, I think I also did a, a rosary, a couple decades of the rosary and the St. Michael Defend Us in Battle prayer. And then I took the wine bottle and I buried it in a bush by the front door. And lo and behold, <laughs> the hurricane shifted eastward, and my city, my neighborhood, which floods very easily, um, didn't even get any rain. Um, there were some trees down in my yard, but none hit the house. Um, we even weren't without power that long and the the majority of my city was. They were without power for two or three days. I was without power for maybe eight hours and some of those were spent when I was asleep. So it was very fortunate. Um, I do think doing this ritual um, just calmed my nerves because a lot of it was out of my hands, but I do feel like I was protected and it's hard to explain, but you know when something works. You know when A novena works, you know, when a spell works. It's just a a feeling, it's an energy. And I do think there was some definite divine intervention there uh, for my, my prayers and using Psalm 23. All right, now we're going to talk about a lot of folksy ways to work with Psalm 23. Now, a lot of root workers, a lot of southern conjurers, are going to say that Psalm 23 is pretty all-purpose. You can use it for just about anything. Talked about protection using a candle. That's very common. Um, Another variation would be to carve someone's name or your own name in a white candle and let that burn while you recite Psalm 23 three times. Um, There's also one involving olive oil. It's a love spell. And that is, what you do is you take a photograph of the person, you anoint their head with nine drops of olive oil, and then you carry that picture in your pocket for nine days. And each of those nine days, you recite Psalm 23 over the picture, and that is supposed to make the person care for you or come to you. It's also said if you have a broken mirror and you're facing seven years bad luck, uh, you can bury the pieces of the mirror in your backyard, and then you clean the area where the mirror broke, and then you take a ritual bath while reciting Psalm 23. Um, another interesting one that I really like is making sanctified water. Uh, the difference between sanctified water and holy water is sanctified water comes from a layperson. Um, and by the way, that is going to be a topic of a future um, podcast because if you really look into blessing rites of holy water, there's a, uh, there's a case to be made that the laity can bless their own holy water. However, in this context, sanctified water is water blessed by a la- the laity and is just as powerful as holy water. So to make sanctified water, you pray Psalm 23 over a container of water, and you can add a pinch of salt or a couple drops of rose oil. Uh, rose oil is very much tied into the virgin mary so that's where that tie-in comes from you can also sprinkle hyssop in the sanctified water hyssop is a biblical herb actually the um traditional holy water blessing is called sprinkle me in hyssop um, which comes from the bible one thing i love about folk magic is There are some things where you might hear it from two or three people, certain spells, rituals, customs. Then there are others that you hear from a lot. And I've actually heard a handful mention using Psalm 23 to bless olive oil. Um, There are a lot of healing rituals you can do that involve anointing oil or blessed oil, but getting blessed oil is not so simple. Um, I believe even some priests might not bless oil because i think it's considered more of a sacramental thing regardless and i'd be wrong there but regardless um there are times where you might want some blessed oil you can even use blessed oil in some cooking so to bless olive oil um, on a sunday you're going to pour olive oil into a large bowl and sprinkle a pinch of salt into it and then you're going to take a white cloth and place that over your head so that it covers both you and the bowl of olive oil And when you are covered, you're going to get very close to the olive oil. So your lips are almost touching it and you're going to pray Psalm 23. um, So your breath goes across it. So your, your breath moves the olive oil. So you know that the psalm is touching the oil with your words. So when you finish the psalm, you're going to remove the white cloth and cover the bowl and place the bowl in a dark place. And you're going to repeat this for seven days and after the seventh day, the now blessed oil can be kept in a cool place and you can be now using that for healing, blessed rites, making scented oils, or even cooking. That's fine as well. I just realized that this is supposed to be about protective psalms and I gave you a love spell earlier. (laughs) So there's a bonus. Um, Also the sanctified water and the olive oil Um, We can make that protective by saying, use those for protective rites, protective rituals, protective spells. So there we go. Now we're back on track. Um, Another is going to be a protection spell. So now we're back on track here using Psalm 23. And I've done this before and it's almost a natural feeling. So get your holy oil, or if you don't have any, guess what? We just talked about creating our own a moment ago with the olive oil. Um, Take a few drops of that and now what you're going to do is recite Psalm 23. And when they say, He prepares the table in the presence of my enemies, he anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. When you repeat, he anointeth my head with oil, take the oil, anoint your own head. Um, I do a sign of the cross, my forehead, my lips, and then my heart. You can do it however you want. But um, that is a very powerful way to use blessed oil which you just used 23 to bless or your other favorite oil and also a way to recite this um this psalm for your own personal protection i got into a habit of actually doing that exact ceremony that exact ritual each morning i did not know it was a uh, a hoodoo practice that was practiced by a lot of people or a psalm practice or a folk magic practice it's not just hoodoo i didn't know that it was popular popularly used until i read it in the um a book on Bible magic. However, yeah, simply sitting down at your altar or just praying this wherever, and when you get to the part that talks about anointing your head with oil, anoint your own head with oil. It's a great way to protect your energy as well as protect your day from any negativity. And the next Psalm we're gonna talk about is Psalm 24, verses four and five. He that has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So that is Psalm 24 verses four and five. And this is said to assist those in resisting temptation or evil influences. Now, this very much sounds like protect me from sin. Um, but let's get away from the traditional institutional mindset and let's look at this a little differently. This doesn't necessarily mean protect me from things that might lower my standing in the afterlife. It could, sure, if you subscribe to those beliefs, but it also means to protect me from getting off of my path, protect me from straying into a place that does not suit me or benefit me. And that does not necessarily mean hell or um, any kind of spiritual negativity. It could, sure, if you subscribe to it, but it also means the path to success, the path to happiness, the path to stability. Um, you know, basically protect me from anything that's gonna make me slip up financially, spiritually, physically. It does have that to get behind me Satan type vibe to it, but I would replace Satan with, you know, get behind me anything that does not benefit me. Um, and they say write down verses four and five in your pocket and recite it in times of need or in times where you feel like you need protection when you may need to make the right decision. So you might be, you might encounter a path or crossroads where you can take two paths and you might be worried that you might not make the right decision. You can use this Psalm to protect you in that decision-making process. And the next Psalm is Psalm 18, verse two. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And this is said to protect your home against burglars or thieves, um, but I've also seen it used as a general home protection ritual or spell. Now, if you have been listening to Psalm 91 or you looked up Psalm 91 during this podcast or you're familiar with it, you see the same things. You see... um, he will be my buckler. He will, um, I live in his fortress. You see that same protective um, wording there. Um, however, this one is a little more centering on a high tower, a fortress, um, lifting me up in a separate place. And that's where the tie in with home protection comes from, basically, because you are asking a higher power to put you in a high tower to protect your. Dwelling. So for this one, they say to write this on a piece of paper and tape it over your door when you're leaving on vacation or maybe when you're going off to work. Um, you can also put it under your doormat. Um, I've also heard this one, um, when you're washing your windows, to pray this one, that verse two, when you're washing your windows. Um, to keep out any burglars or bad energy or bad vibes. So, yes, it is traditionally used for thieves or home intruders. But again, let's go back to what we talked about, about interpretation and what resonates. I'm not a big intention is all that matters guy, but for things like the Psalms, there is room for interpretation, much like there is room for interpretation with saint patronages. So, this can be used for any home protection as well seen it used, like I said, for window washing, for floor washing, um, also writing it over your doorways. So this is another very solid protective psalm-protective verse for your home. And also, this is a good one for candle magic. Um, Let's say you just moved into a new place, or let's say there's been crime in your area lately, you can take a white candle and carve the words Psalm 18 onto it. Or you can write psalm 18 verse 2 on a piece of paper put it under the candle let it burn you can also take some inspiration from my psalm 23 uh, jar or bottle spell you can put psalm uh, this psalm psalm 18 verse 2 in a bottle burn a white candle over it and bury it in your yard Um, but you can also incorporate Uh, candle magic into this one and all psalms, but I think this has a really good candle tie-in because you're protecting your house and you can bury something in your yard. So this is a great one for candle work, jar work, where you can put it in your yard uh, to protect your your home. And the next one I want to go over is Psalm 35. This has 28 verses, so I am not going to read all of it. I'm gonna skip around a little bit. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me fight against them that fight against me take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help false witnesses did rise up they laid to my charge things that i knew not they rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul that is psalm 35 and this is used for protection in court cases or protection when wrongfully accused The um, traditional way in folk magic, a traditional way. I don't know if traditional in folk magic, um, I think that's a, uh, I don't know if that word makes sense. I think that is an oxymoron. However, a folk magic way to use Psalm 35 would be to pray this under a brown, write this and place it under a brown candle and then pray as the candle burns. Then you will take that Psalm and you will put it in a honey jar with a picture of the judge who is presiding over your case, or a picture of the governor of your state, if it is a uh, a felony or a, a major um, a major case. So that is one. Also, um, if you have just been wrongfully accused, maybe it's not court, maybe it's it's protection from those gossiping or falsely accusing you of things, and that kind of gets into the enemy episode we'll do. Um, however. If someone is falsely accusing you of something, what you do is you write verses one through nine of this. This is Psalm 35 verses one through nine. On one side, write one through nine. On the back side, write those who are speaking ill of you, falsely accusing you of things. Roll that up into a scroll and then keep it in your pocket until those um, rumors, those gossips, um, they start to subside. And if these false accusations are going to result in a meeting with a boss because it's at work or um, a family situation where you have to confront someone, it's also said to, of course, have that scroll in your pocket when this happens. You might want to touch the scroll during that meeting um, or at the very least repeat Psalm one through seven in your mind um, during the meeting, during the confrontation to hope and to achieve a favorable outcome. Now there are so many more protective psalms that I want to get into. However, I feel like they veer more on protection from enemies, protection from evil, and that's where we can start getting into cursing psalms and justice psalms. So I want to save that for another episode or else this episode would be two and a half hours long. Uh, Psalm 60 praying that at dawn and dusk alongside the Our Father can stop evil from coming your way. We talked about Psalm 109. We talked about Psalm 94. So many great Psalms to protect you from evil against enemies, against people that are coming for you. Uh, We will get into that in a future episode because that is going to be a long one. Um, Because a lot of the Psalms are just about protecting from enemies. There's a lot of psalms that were written in times of war, in times of battle, in times of conflict. So that will be another episode because I'm recording this right now and I'm looking at my book of psalms and there's so many more I want to get into. But let's close with Psalm 110, which is a psalm to protect you from vicious dogs. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. The people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. So that's Psalm 110, verses 1 through 3, which will protect you from dog attacks. And I just wanted to end with kind of a quirky one, because it showcases that there really is a psalm for everything, just like there's a saint for everything. Um, So that is to protect you from vicious dog attacks. You write Psalm 1 to to 3 on a piece of parchment paper and carry it in your pocket in areas where you might be afraid a dog might get you. And if you listen to that psalm, there is a line about making your enemies thy footstool That goes back to what I said before. This psalm is also one that will protect you from enemies of all kinds, and it's used in a similar way. Um, Like I said, plenty of psalms against enemies for cursing protection as well. We'll get into that in a future episode. However, I do hope you enjoyed today's look at personal and general protective psalms. We talked about Psalm 91, which can be used to cast a circle, which can also be used to invoke Michael the Archangel. And it can be used for blessing as well. We talked about Psalm 23, which is considered a all-purpose psalm by many. It can be used for blessing. It can be used for general protection. You can use it to bless oil and use that in your protective rituals. You can use it to bless water and use that in your protective rituals. A lot you can do, or like me, um, how I shared my story, you can use it in a jar or bottle spell or some kind of ward spell for home protection. We also covered um, psalms for home protection for being falsely accused alongside vicious dog attacks. So I hope these psalms are something you can learn from, something you can incorporate in your practice. Again, these psalms specifically are psalms that all you need is a verbal recitation or writing them down and you're going to get some success and use out of them. Future psalm episodes will get a little more esoteric with it. We'll talk about um, shredding money alongside certain psalms uh, for abundance, writing a psalm on a dollar and depositing it in your bank. There's a lot more esoteric type stuff, but what I wanted to get across here is psalms are pre-written spells, they are verbal charms, and you can use them to invoke emotion, invoke certain things to happen in your favor, and sometimes all you need to know or need to do is recite them or write them down. I'd like to close today's episode with a reading of Psalm 47. Psalm 47 is used when you want to send energy, happiness, feelings of pleasure and joy to your friends, family, and loved ones. And I am so genuinely thankful that you are listening and that my first episode was received so well and I got so many encouraging messages and comments that I figured let's end this with a psalm of joy and thanksgiving. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph for the Lord most high is terrible. He is great King of all the earth he shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet he shall choose our inheritance for us the excellency of jacob whom he loved selah god has gone up with a shout the lord with the sound of a trumpet sing praises to god sing praises sing praises sing praises unto our king sing praises for god is the king of all the earth sing ye praises with understanding god reigneth over the heathen god sitteth upon the throne of His Holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together. Even the people of the God of Abraham for the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Amen. Sources for today's episode include Power of the Psalms and Hoodoo Bible Magic. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. I am your host, W. And remember, shall he cover you In his feathers and under his wings shall you trust. Thank you.